0: This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams
1: every day.
0: Welcome to the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Falcons talk. Anywhere, it's local insight you can't get anywhere. But right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And of course, Locked On Falcons postcast it is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, guys, the Falcons finally thought they'd stop the bleeding against the Cardinals Sunday, right? Instead, same-ish, different day. Quarterback is mobile. QB is starting his first game of the season. Falcons can't get right. 25 to 23, the final. So we're going to get into it deeper in our Upon Further Review segment. And, of course, we'll talk about the needs and where you guys think they should go in that bye week in order to reset for the back half of the season. But first... Let's go top three takeaways with J.D., Free, and Tori. And Tori, you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, okay. first. I think just from my perspective of not just this Sunday's game, but I think let's take the first 10 games of the season as a whole. I think when I look at this team, the issues that they had that weren't really taken advantage of early, against you know carolina or against green bay now have become almost a bigger deal as we get further and further into the season what i mean by that is the falcons let's start with the falcons offense falcons offensively struggle to put points on the board after a defensive turnover now in the early parts of the year the the defense wasn't really getting too many turnovers to capitalize on. But as we've gone through the last five-ish weeks, there have been a multitude of times where the defense has put this offense in really good field position and not a lot has come from it. So that has consistently been an issue. And and we talk about – I know I've talked before about the middle eight, the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. The Falcons are not doing a lot during those time periods in terms of offensive production. Let's talk about the defense at the beginning of the year. You saw Sam LaPorta and Calvin Ridley and Mike Evans leak out for big, big plays, big touchdowns. Now you're seeing Josh jobs and Kyler Murray leak out of the pocket for these big plays. And, you know, there are these explosives that are happening on top of explosives. So all it's like the issues have become more obvious as the weeks have gone on. And these are things that have to be fixed for the Falcons to get to where they want to be when we're talking about December.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there was a tweet that you put out yesterday that I thought was very telling. In those first three possessions, which would be the backside of the the eight minutes, it was, I think you said net plus three yards. Yeah. And it was minus four. And then there was three.
1: So in and- the third quarter alone, they had four possessions for a net total yards of negative two negative two. Yes. <laughs> so, And when I
0: saw those numbers, I just jotted them down because I was like, we have to revisit that because that's very, very telling. And I also think what you mentioned about capitalizing on turnovers. In the last two games, you get three turnovers and you net nine points. Like, That's not going to win it for you most of the time. And the other thing I want to share uh, or co-sign on with what you said before we, we move on to Aaron, I think that the defense kept those teams that they played early on under 20. I can recall us having conversations saying as long as that defense you know keeps those teams under 20, you got a chance, right. But at this point, a, they're not able to keep them under 20 and b keeping them at or right around 20 still doesn't it gives them a little bit of a chance, but it still doesn't net the win and that therein lies the problem. So yeah, I, I, there are definitely some good nuggets in there. And again, we'll, we'll deep dive in the next segment. But Aaron, you said, when we said, hey, what's your takeaway? You said, well, um, well, the ground game worked.
2: <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of positive to take from this game. So I was just like, you know, for my own mental health, I'll just focus on this one thing that went well for the Atlanta Falcons, which was their running game. We've seen it trending up the last couple of weeks. It's been something that we've touched upon in previous shows where it's like when this team gets back, to their identity, which is being a physical ground-and-pound football team. Hopefully that will resolve some of their issues. It hasn't really resolved the other issues that Tori is just touching upon, but at least that's something that they can build off of coming out of their bye week to say, okay, we can get back to being the physical football team that we have been and known for in the past. And, you know, they still got other issues they got to deal with, but it was nice to see Bijan in, in sort of, I guess, his hometown – or relative mm-hmm. hometown, uh, being from Tucson playing in Phoenix to to have that game, especially after the week where a lot of people were talking about his usage and his role in the Falcons offense. But it wasn't just Bijan, it was Tyler Algier. You saw Cordero Patterson have some success. Taylor Heineke he and Desmond Ritter also were very successful using their legs. So that is something to build upon. I know, you know, the skeptics out there, and I, I typically count myself as one of them say well what's the big deal it's against arizona they are one of the worst run defenses in the league and it's like yes that's true uh you expect this team to be able to run the football against arizona but again the positive you could say is hey they ran it as well as pretty much anybody else has against arizona so that's a testament to how good this run game can be arizona's uh season high in yards allowed on the ground this year was to dallas earlier season with 185 the falcons got 184 so it's like at least if you're going to be able to run the ball against a bad run defense, do it mm-hmm. as well as anybody else has in the league. And so, again, very few positives from this game, but that's one of them.
0: Touche. And, yeah, I I enjoyed seeing John Robinson as much as we possibly can could in different scenarios. It was great to see him punch it in. And it was also great, however, to see Dave Ragone and Arthur Smith utilize the, the running back route right? Because that's really what is going to, I think, continue to make this offense when it does run and it it is effective. It's because that whole running back room really is getting involved in the spaces and places where they're supposed to. However, as great as it was, the Falcons offense, Jarvis, you said, still made it easy for Arizona.
3: Yeah. like I really felt like Arthur Smith never really challenged this defense, like, because, like you mentioned at the top of the show, like, it's, what, 29th rank uh, against the pass in the entirety of the NFL, and you don't throw a pass over 20 yards, you know, until – the into into the fourth quarter, you know, or, you know, at least attempt it, like, when Desmond Ritter comes into the game, so that's just – like if you just just looking at the look going back and looking at the film, you just just see how like linebackers are standing flat foot as soon as the ball snaps. Now you know, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> you know, either they're supposed to be reading something or they're coming up and, and, and uh if you if it was a play fake, they're supposed to be running up, running up to the line of scrimmage. And obviously they were doing that, but a lot of times it wasn't a fake. You know, a lot of times they they were you know, uh they were just kind of sitting there looking at the quarterback and you saw that with just with the safeties in the corners as well. So I mean, I understand getting get, get bajan robinson involved. I understand getting your whole running back room involved. But my whole thing is like if defense has a weakness, you take advantage of it. Now, granted, they want the run defense in the league too. So it just it just I really just feel like there's no excuse for it. so it's just it just really seemed like okay yeah we run the football we got Bajon Robinson the, the rock inside inside the red zone and he was able to capitalize but like what about the other part of the offense <laughs> what about challenging those dbs out there and, and getting and you know getting Kyle Pitts down the field you know or getting you know Drake London down the field early on and it's just it just seems like it was just like you just made it so easy for the Arizona Cardinals because those guys aren't a good group. And that's been proven time and time again throughout this throughout this season. And you just, you let them off the hook. You just let them off the hook. Oh my God, it's oh, <laughs> green on him. My bad, y'all.
1: <laughs> no, but you make, I, I'll, I'll tack to this because you make such a good point about you, like, you let them off the hook for the mistakes that they did make because Arizona made mistakes. How many yards were they penalized for? A hundred and like 21. Was that what it ended up being?
3: Absolutely.
1: So they gift you 121 yards and penalties that is Literally. a mind-blowing amount of penalty yards like and and but, football field worth uh right right <laughs> yeah. and so it's like that's that's something that you have to talk about too because when you're talking about this whole thing about uh, about like not letting them off the hook like they gave you opportunities to yeah. <laughs> to stay on the hook <laughs>
3: yeah and you just let it right
0: yeah, golly, man. Yeah, and they would, and the, the opportunities were like right there. They were like big opportunities most of the time. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, there's nothing that you're going to do about that. Yeah, it, it yeah. I, I, and it's, it makes me feel like, and I, I want to talk a little bit about special teams in the next segment, but it makes me feel like we're back to disjointed play, meaning one game, it'll be the defense doing what it's supposed to do, but the offense won't give it what it needs. Offense is good, but the defense is a little bit leaky here and there. Special teams makes you scratch your head sometimes too, because they they're not flipping the field like they were doing. So it's like, for whatever reason, all of a sudden they can't get all the pieces of the puzzle together. And I mean, I, I can only imagine what it must look like in flowery Branch as well. But I think Drake London probably said it best. Not with what he said post game, but what he didn't say.
1: Yeah. The It was interesting. When you look at the clip of, of his interview in the locker room, I mm-hmm. think I saw someone that said, like, the man is speechless. Like, and that's yes. what it felt like. I mean, mm-hmm. and you could feel you could feel the um, the raw emotion coming off of him in, in that interview in the locker room. And I think, like, that's kind of what you want to see in this in this moment is you want to see that emotion because emotion brings frustration and frustration you hope yields a change because that's the thing It's like you say uh, coaches, players, everybody saying we feel frustrated about this. Okay. What are you doing with that frustration? Where does this thing go from here?
0: And I don't know if they've had a player, all player meeting, but I feel like it might be that time for them to sit down and kind of look within themselves to say, Hey, we're not going to just look at what Arthur Smith and Ryan Nielsen can do to right the ship. Let's talk about what we need to do individually and collectively to right the ship. I think it's fair to say that's where we are. We're gonna keep talking about it in the deep dive next, but first I'd like to tell you guys about game time. So if you're like me, I'm last minute Lucy when it comes to tickets, because I don't know, sometimes I just like to pull up last minute and make my mind up, especially on concerts, right? And if you're that person, you don't have to worry anymore because game time has you covered. It's fast. It's easy. You can buy tickets for everything I just mentioned. Sports, music, if you're into comedy, that too. They have killer last-minute deals, and it takes the guesswork of buying tickets. And one of the good things about how they do that is that you can see the view from your seat before you buy the ticket, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The tickets are yours in seconds with just two taps. And... One more thing that I really like, the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. You find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, again, create an account and redeem code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off download game time today, your last minute tickets, lowest price is guaranteed. All right, guys, we're going to go back to our happy place for under further review, because I know all four of us like to go back and kind of watch some of the film to see if there's anything else that was a nuance in the game that we didn't see in the game real time. But I think all of us can say real time we saw an amazing game from Bijan Robinson. So, Aaron, how encouraging was it to see him? Because that was one of that was your main takeaway—the ground game. How encouraging was it to see Bijan Robinson finally find his splitting again?
2: It was very encouraging. Um, the thing that Bijan brings to the table, and uh, yes, I will continue to mispronounce his name because I've been saying Bijan for over a year. It's going to take at least a year for me to call him Bijan. But um, yes. His His explosiveness, (laughs) I think, was really what stood out in this game. He had a couple of explosive runs in this game. and, And that's really the thing that has been missing from him the last couple of weeks. We saw that sort of one run against the Titans to start the third quarter. But outside of that, you really haven't seen him be able to get going. And we know that when this offensive line and this blocking can give him space, he can take advantage of that. And that's been missing these last couple of games. And I thought you saw that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, two and three yard runs from him in this game, but the Falcons were committed to it. And there were still plenty of opportunities for him to find that space and turn what would normally be, you know, maybe a four yard run from Cordero Patterson or Tyler Algier into a 10 or 15 yard run in this game.
0: Yeah. And Tori, when I look at that, I see the same thing like, It's exciting to see him just like pushing, right? The way we expected him to do to say, hey, I can get those extra yards, whether that's yards after the catcher, in this case, yards after the carry. But it's important for us to see that because I think that if you're going to lean into the ground game this much, then you want to lean into the guy that you picked at number eight so that you can get all of what you picked him for. And I think that, yeah, it was kind of weird the entire week because you kept hearing from even national media, "Where's Bijan? Where's Bijan? Where's Bijan?" Well, we found him. We found him in in Tucson, in Phoenix.
1: I think it's interesting too because with with Bijan, I think we all know he's such a special talent, and and you have to find ways to utilize him. You have to find ways to get the ball in his hands because he's that type of talent. Uh, It was interesting because as I was going back through, a story that I wrote last Friday was about the Falcons' red zone inefficiencies. And a big part of that story was really looking at Bajan Robinson's usage in the red zone and and how, when you really looked at it, he was somebody who had the lowest risk but highest reward in his usage in the red zone. I believe at the time before this past game, he was 4 for 4 on his catches with two touchdowns. He had nine carries with... 3 yards per carry average. I mean, it was in terms of other players on the offense, Bijan was the clip of which he was producing in the moments that he got the ball in his hands were pretty significant. So I think to be able yeah. to see him get in the red zone and the and the usages of him evolve in the red zone was something that I was I was pleased with. Um there needs to yeah. be I think more red zone appearances from this team, just in general, um, and punching the ball in. But uh, I, I think that was trending in the right direction. And, and the Falcons made a point when they came into this game was they were like, we're going to run the ball. And yes. and they did. To their credit, they did. They just needed to do mm-hmm. a, a bit more to, to get the win. Yeah,
0: exactly. And you're right, because there was that third nine call where everybody was gasping like, you went run. But he had Bajan. That's why you can go run on a 39 and convert and move the chain. Now, the place where he didn't move the chain, Jarvis, is in the passing game. I don't know how you have the 29th-ranked defense in terms of passing yards allowed per play, and you only get 70 yards in the air. Now, Sway.
3: Oh, I, I think that, you know, kind of go back to what, like, like my main takeaway as far as like they just didn't challenge this secondary Arizona secondary and like when they should have challenged them uh continuously because those that's the, some of the things that you know like going into you know game plan and all that stuff like and I I know I've kind of jokingly came up with this with, with this you know nickname for Arthur Smith but you know overcompensating author like, like yeah, I yeah I get it you know get Bajon Robinson the rock like when you see fit like or you can even force feed them too. Hey, he's a young running back. You will know, bleed them out until it's time to pay them, and then you know, y'all have to just figure it out from there. But my whole thing is like when you are in a space where, you know, you obviously you're listening to the outsiders, right? Like you 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 hear you hear those 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 critiques and those you know people questioning your play calling, you know, acumen and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you got to trust what you do. And you run the football, so they're not asking you to do anything outside of yourself. But like when you when you come in from a, a game plan on a weekly basis, there are certain things that you're gonna do what you do, right? Don't get me wrong, but there has to be a certain set of plays or a certain set of you know uh, 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 um, a group of plays that that goes towards to take advantage of the, what that defense uh, weakness is, and 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 you just didn't do that. Like like I said, those guys were just sitting back there, way. they. They were just sitting back there squatting on routes. Like they just they knew what they knew what was coming and they knew that they you weren't going to try to them try them deep like that. Now, granted, are we gonna look at the personnel and start to question whether or not they got somebody to do that? Is Van Jefferson that guy that's gonna take the top off the defense? You know, is Drake London gonna be doing gonna do that? No, I'm not questioning his his uh his playmaking abilities, but we know that he's a contested catcher guy. You guys going to catch the ball over the middle and be able to sit down in the zone and be able to do those type of things. But but who's going to take the top off defense? Who's going to challenge those wide receivers? So I feel like like this was a game that I felt like they would, could have come in here and said, you know what? We're going to work with what we got, and we're going to try to challenge this defense. Because when you have defense just sitting there squatting and, and just waiting on you to throw that little five-yard stop route or that little 10-yard stop route, that is not a good thing for your quarterback. He's going to start hesitating. And you saw some of those, you know, that, that ball on, on that quick slant to uh, Kyle Pitts. That was almost a pick because they knew what was coming and they were sitting right there waiting on it. So yeah, that's that's just a bad situation, you know, in this, in this particular game that, hey, yeah, we know you got Bajon Robinson the Rock. That's cool, but you didn't do anything to challenge that secondary for, for the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Yeah, and really the challenge came, Aaron, when Desmond Ritter got in the game. That's when you really started to kind of push the envelope, if you will, and push the ball down the field, punch it in. And what at the time, of course, seemed like it was a go ahead score. And again, we we never want anyone to go down with an injury. Don't get me wrong. And that be the impetus. But I'll be honest. I was thinking at some point, just because of some things that Arthur Smith has intimated, never stated it. But intimated, I always felt like at some season he was going to go back to Desmond Ritter because the organization has to figure out if that's their guy or if they've got to go back to the drawing board. Now, Taylor Heineke going out, although it's a low-grade injury, that may have been the impetus to bring Desmond Ritter back quicker, but he did give them exactly what they needed. Went to the zone read and said, hey, let us just go to it again, and it worked. And I think at this point, we need to get ready, but are you ready? And do you think the roller, I, we call it the Ritter coaster, should take us back to Dez starting under center after the bye?
1: I'll say this, because uh, we talked to Arthur Smith um, about a couple hours ago on Monday yes. afternoon, and it really is a whole thing of like what he didn't say actually spoke to, I think, what he wanted to say. Uh-huh. Um, because I in his press conference, he talked a lot about Dez and the decision to, to keep it. And he's like on that touchdown run. And he, he made the comment that, you know, you want guys who, when the ball, when the game's on the line, they want the ball in your hand in their hands and they want to take control of the game. And we, you want some, the guys who are confident and settled. And he was like, that was Des. A lot of praise for Des and, and what, and he called it encouraging and talking, talking, talking about Des. And he was asked about Taylor Heineke and the, I'm pretty sure the quote was, we'll do what's best for the team moving forward. Yeah. So exactly. I, then- even though I personally am – I know Arthur Smith said that it's premature to name a starting quarterback. I get that. Yes. I also understand that I have absolutely no inside information as to what the decision will be. However, if you are just listening to that press conference, it's a hard to imagine, and I would be so shocked yeah. if it's not Desmond Ritter against the Saints.
0: And I would welcome it because I really love that he made that call. I think that's the kind of gutsy thing you want to see, because in addition to what you said earlier, Jarvis, I felt like there were times where Taylor Heineke was almost overthinking it himself, like so worried about the turnover part that he wasn't just playing organically, right, with things right there in front of him. So you don't want that to happen, whereas maybe – With Des Ritter, it was a combination of sitting and kind of saying, let me get out of my own head and maybe we'll see a better start from him on the other side of the bye when they take on the Saints.
3: Yeah, I think it's it's just a matter of, you know, thinking towards the future, not tanking, so to speak, but you still, you just have to be able to assess the situation saying, okay, who gives us the best chance to win? And also be able to answer some questions that we're going to have at the end of the season. And that's yeah. who your damn quarterback going to be going yeah. forward. So I think that it's, it's an easy answer for me. I feel that there's Desmond Ritter and like, like Tori mentioned, like, yeah, if you listen close enough, Arthur Smith will answer all the questions that you that you yeah. have in your
2: head. Exactly. Yeah. He,
0: he gives, he definitely will give you a little something to work with if you're paying attention to him. He definitely. And one more thing before we wrap up, because we couldn't, I don't think it would be good for us to not touch on this right now. And that is the honesty around the challenges that the team has faced when it comes to mobile QBs. But in particular, hey, they were not with David anyamata They were without Grady Jared, And we totally get that. But I feel like at the beginning of the season, everybody was excited saying, oh, my, we finally have a pass rush. Last couple of weeks, I haven't really heard that. So how do they, you know, Jarvis, I mean, what do you think about that? Because you're not going to get Grady back, obviously. And you don't know if you'll have David Onyemata back when it's time to take on the Saints. But why were they so ineffective from what you saw?
3: Who's going to, who, who who can you count on? Who who would you put some money on, on third and long to get home right now on this roster? Who? 17, 48, 93? 75, 94, who, zero? That's why, <laughs> like you don't have anybody you, you can say, you don't have a Aaron Donald, you don't have Jalen Carter, who's on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Just, just oh there you go there in our first you know Carter what I'm saying? Like you just don't have that coming. guy on the roster. Yeah, of course. Yeah, come on, Aaron. You know me, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, dog. Like, this is the only way I get motivated because you know, <laughs> watching this team every Sunday, man, it's it, it's hard. Like, this is not fun. Like, football is supposed to be fun. I enjoy football. Like, football has got me to a really good place in my life where I can talk about sports for a living. And I'm sitting up here, got to look at this joint and and question and and, and go into deep into detail as to why I feel like this this is not going well. I don't want to do that. I want to say, yep, they did exactly what they was supposed to do. And they got the dub." like I would love to come on here and do that t like, but I just can't do that. And it's just hard for me to week in and week out to say, you know what? I've been pounding tape for a password for the past seven years t like and they just refuse to, to get them so we can't be up in the, asking this question right now like why they can't get home and nothing against you but it's just like they ain't got nobody <laughs> right. just, right. just, yeah and like tori said
0: you're just preaching because we all can co-sign on that all day every day and look everybody we're going to put y'all on the couch we're going to give him some hugs and make sure he's okay for the final segment. But before we do that, Jarvis is going
3: to
2: tell you guys a little bit about FanDuel and
3: subtext. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yes, people. Oh, here we go. Jarvis Davis for FanDuel, guys. Yeah, you know, you see how much fun I'm not having this year trying to talk about the Atlanta Falcons? I need you to go to FanDuel.com and have some fun with Fan do try to get some money, man. Because guess what? It's the number one sports book in America. And guess what? For all new customers, they got a really, really cool special deal just for you, right? The customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's it. Let me say that again. They're going to get $150. You're going to get $150 in bonus bets. Who was they? A mysterious day. We're talking about you. I'm talking to you right now. And bonus bets, with any winning $5 money bet, all you to do is bet $5 and win, I'm telling you, you're going to get 150 bucks. And guess what? You can use that those bonus bets to bet on anything from the spreads, the player props, over-unders, and much, much more. Guys, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. This is the number one sportsbook in America, fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-D-E-D-O-N, excuse me, Fanduel. Go ahead and check out that website right now and kick off this NFL season the right way as we are halfway through. So you don't have much time left, so I need you to go to that website right now because Fanduel is the official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. Now, when you think about all my 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 my, uh, my, my, my thoughts that I have to get out on this show and you're trying to wonder, like, okay, I wonder what Jarvis is thinking about right now. Guess what, guys? I got something for you. You can hit me up. I'm telling you. subtextcom slash LockedOnSportsAtlanta. subtextcom slash LockedOnSportsAtlanta. If you didn't get that, it's in the description box on YouTube and on wherever you listen to your podcast. So, yeah, it's right there just for you. You can hit that doggone link and you can get a free trial. I'm telling you, it's all good. 14-day trial. If you like it, Cool. Stay on and mess with your boy. Or if you don't, you can go and kick rocks and do your thing. You know, I get it. You know, it's all good. It's all love, baby. You know, I just appreciate you guys for being every day. So, yeah, become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider today. And go to joinsubtext.com says Locked On Sports Atlanta, and become a Locked On Sports Atlanta insider today.
0: All right, guys we gotta figure out who got next now i'm gonna leave it up to you all i'm gonna give you five different areas right because they all need improvement so i'm gonna give you five different areas if you want to talk about all five two or three or one but it's going to be rapid fire so pick and choose how you will my question is as simple as this what do they need to do during the bye week first day they is arthur smith and Dave are going as a whole second one ryan nielsen Offensive players, defensive players, special team players. Weigh in wherever you want to. Rapid fire. And go. <laughs> Who's first? <laughs> or, I need to have my together. <laughs> go ahead. Or Aaron, you want to go first? Uh,
2: I mean, I, I don't know what they got to do. Just, Same. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I'm glad you stim- said it. <laughs> stimulate the
2: rest I'm of the season <laughs> and just like just, just get up out of here. I don't, I don't know what, what they're going to do.
3: <laughs> oh, so let me add to that. Oh How God. about this? Like, I think it's time to start <laughs> cutting your losses on some players. You know, like, let's start at the safety spot. I'm not going to say your boy. He cool. He all right with me. For now. Uh, Richard Grant. That man, it like He's the return right on, on the schedule. investment. T the return on the investment yeah. is not. It isn't there. It isn't there. It isn't yeah. there. Yeah. Like I've I've been trying advocating for this cat to. to, to hey man, let's, let's see some more consistency. I'm talking about just from missed tackles and just flailing around when the ball is in the air on that big play to Trey McBride. Just just he picks the worst moments to have a mental lapse. And I just think it's time to, hey, let's look at DeMarco Heller. Let's see what he can do. Because at the end of the day, some changes has to be, have to be made. And if you can sit up here and, and bench your quarterback and let him sit on the sidelines and, and try to figure things out mentally without t- with turning the ball over, you can doggone show pick, get a second round pick say, uh, say, uh, safety he can sit down and, and try to figure things out and see and kind of watch from the sidelines and, and see what's going on. And I'm not saying like, I'm totally out on Richard Grant, but like certain things that are just unacceptable, like miss tackles. Like, what are we talking about here? Like what, what are we really talking about here? That is just unacceptable. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I think Tell when you. I look at this thing, it's I'm with Aaron. I'm just kind of like at this point in time, the words that have been used to talk about the bye week are reassess, reevaluate, and regroup. Do all of it. Like all of it's the same yes. like word. All of it is has the same meaning. So whatever you got to do to fix it, fix it. Because in in the as we're talking about all of this, the NFC South is still wide open because this is the craziest place in the NFL. Is yes. bitch. <laughs> Division. So yes. realistically, even though the Falcons have lost four of their last five, you kind of still have everything ahead of you in terms of the
3: divisional race.
1: I'm like, and that's wild. But yeah. So, so you're not
0: okay. So it's it a, is a
3: false hope, though, Tori. I, I, don't false hope. Know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well,
0: when of- you look at the, how the Saints play and you look at the up and down of the Bucks, no, it's not all that real. I literally watched the Saints Vikings game and I was like, Okay, this is not the same team that my friends went to watch, you know, Saints Bears. I mean, no, they're up and down enough for you to feel like you said, Tori, like the Falcons can come in and do a little something. And I think for me, it's absolutely what all you guys said. I don't really know for sure what they need to do. Uh, I don't really know who needs to do what, except the whole damn roster, except the whole coaching staff. Everybody, as they would say over here in East Point College Park. Like, I really, really think everybody should sit down and look in the mirror and say, what in the world can I do in these last seven games to put my team in a position to get to the postseason, period. And everybody has at least one thing they can tweak to answer it. So there you have it. Anywho, we appreciate you guys stopping by. The Atlanta football party says, hey, we're on the couch just like you guys for the last 24 hours. It's all good. We hope that you had fun. We hope we share some things that you can think about and hopefully share some things that can be encouraging because like Tori said, it's not over. It can reset and it can happen for the Falcons. Now the party continues Tuesday where we'll talk dogs on the Atlanta football party, which makes us absolutely over the moon. Have a good day, guys.